0: This is episode 8 of One Page at a Time, how books can help you travel better with Amanda Freestrom. Podcasting from Virginia and Dubai. This is One Page at a Time, where we bring you strategies and resources for using books in your home. We are your hosts, Jill
1: and Amanda.
0: All right, everybody. So a couple weeks ago, you all got the chance to get to know me, Jill, a little bit better with my Halloween episode. Today, we're all very lucky that my one and only co-host has agreed to share some of her vast wisdom with us. She is by far the most well-traveled person that I know, having visited six continents, 63 countries, and 49 of the 50 United States. She constantly surprises me by pulling out new talents, amazing me with things like a vast knowledge of spices or the ability to design a whole line of handmade toys centered around camels. She is also a very gifted musician with a great love of music, although fair warning, bagpipes have not yet found a way into her good graces. We have her to thank for this podcast as it was her brainchild, and I am so grateful she asked me to come along for the ride. She's here to talk to us about the role books have played in her travels all over the world, and I, for one, cannot wait welcome amanda freestrom yay i'm so happy to be here thanks jill
1: <laughs> yay i know it's kind of fun to get your own intro huh it, it really is i was i was very pleasantly surprised and happy with that intro <laughs> But you do know my husband, and he is more well-traveled than I am. So He is. So when, when I was writing the intro,
0: I, I knew she had traveled a lot, but I wanted the exact number, so we were messaging back and forth, and I, I was asking her how what her numbers were for the continents and countries, and she sent me not only hers, but her whole family. So Amanda, I think you need to give us the shakedown of your whole family.
1: <laughs> okay, well, so, and I feel like this really is what kind of separates me... I. I So I, I'm an expat and live abroad and, um, it's not unusual for people around me to be traveling a lot. And my husband is Finnish. So he's a European and they visit countries like people from the U S visit States. So it's like, uh, it, it doesn't feel like I've traveled that much. However, Then we start adding our kids to these travels, and usually people slow down drastically when they have children, um, as far as their traveling goes, and we really haven't, so I feel like that's kind of what has separated us, (laughs) not so much the number of countries that I've been to, but the fact that we still travel, even though our kids are all under the age of five right now, we still get around, so... Yeah, I can share those numbers that um, my oldest daughter is four and she's been to 23 countries. And my two-year-old, yes, she's two. <laughs> my two-year-old has been. <laughs> no, you have to check sometimes. I do. <laughs> my two-year-old has been to 18 countries. And then my baby who just turned one last week or a week and a half ago. um, Anyway, he's been to 11 countries. And my husband has been to one hundred. We hit his one hundred mark this this year, so
0: which is really exciting. I remember you guys talking about that when he made it to his one hundredth. Do you remember
1: what was his one hundredth country? It was Malta, and it was also his last European country. So now he crossed ah. those two big milestones off of his. Those playlist. are big milestones. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome.
0: Well, congratulations oh, to Amanda's husband. <laughs> That is awesome. And I that I agree with you that that keeping that travel up with kids does is a unique experience and which makes you uniquely qualified to chat with us today. Um, I, and this is good timing because I'm about to take my kids to their first non-United States country. We're going to go visit my parents in Mexico in about two weeks. Um, and my younger two girls have been there. We went in January to see my parents, but our oldest, my son, has not been outside of the country yet. So this will be his first stamp in his passport, and I'm really excited to hear all of the tips and tricks you're going to give me to help us be ready for this, okay, Amanda? (laughs) No No pressure, pressure. no pressure. (laughs) All right, so in thinking about what we're going to chat about, in my mind, I like like timelines, I like linear things, and so in my mind, the first thing I would want to do is prep for this trip, right? So I'm in the prepping phase of our Mexico trip. So do you have any thoughts on on using books in that prep work leading up to the trip?
1: Um, yeah. So admittedly, we don't do this as much as I wish that we would. Um, our four-year-old is probably getting to an age that she can do this more now. She's starting to be able to conceptualize that there are a difference, you know, between countries and whatnot. But one thing that we, we go through different books and different things to look at the countries that we're going to be going to, the places that we're going to see, and then have a visual in front of them. And we have a book of flags, and I do like to go through the countries that we have. And you don't necessarily have to have a book for this, but having a book does help a little bit to take it with you so that you can take this and it doesn't need Wi-Fi access or battery power or anything like that and so you can look at something like say the flag of the country that you're going to and it helps them to it helps kids to be able to connect something with a new place it helps kind of ground them a little bit if they know a little bit about what's going to happen to them because so much happens when you travel and there are so many people and so many sights and smells and sounds, and it can be so overwhelming. And honestly, it can be a pain too if <laughs> you're traveling with kids. And it can be so hard to have everyone in this high stress, anxious environment where you're trying to keep track of all the bags and the things and the diapers and the there's there's just so much. And the kids, keeping track of the kids, oh my goodness. <laughs> so one of the things that I like to do is to prep the kids a little bit with some of the things that we know that they're going to see. And flags has been something that has stood out to me. So we have a little book of flags and it just has different country flags. And we look at the flag before we go and we say, okay, so we're going to go to Finland next and do you remember what the Finnish flag looks like? And we'll talk about how all the Scandinavian flags look the same, whatever. And then every time we're in a stressful situation where I just need them to stay still or something, hey, do you see a Finnish flag anywhere? Or something, you know, so it, it just gives them something to to know and to be looking for. And then they feel a connection to any place randomly. And then the more flags that they recognize, you know, then it, it just gets better with time. So that's one of the ways, um, sort of a, a single example that we take books that have something specific about the place that we're going and we try and teach our kids something from it. So whether that's, we have a language book, um, that has little lift the flaps, things so that it says, you know, hello in different languages and goodbye in different languages and whatnot. And that's something that we go through too, so that they can recognize just a couple little words. And it's, it's really helpful. In, in our family, we don't do a lot of the travel books, we don't use like Lonely Planet or anything, the book form. Because the apps are so much more convenient for us. It's just a, a better way for us to, to do traveling because we go to so many different places and we really don't have plans when we go to these places. So we just have to look it up before we go. Just wing yeah, it. We, we, we're a winging family. And um, but yeah, so I'd say that that's kind of how we, we use books to prepare.
0: I love that, and I especially love the idea with the flags with kids our age because that's such a visual thing. And when they're still learning how to read, and you know, there's not a lot that they can recognize or focus on, or their attention span, like flags are such a, a visual thing. But I also think that that's something that you know we could adapt as kids get older, and you know, you can either tailor it to their interests, like if they're into plants or flowers, or you know, you can look up native flora and fauna and say, okay, let's see if we can recognize any of these or architecture or, you know, I, other things that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head that can kind of, it can evolve as kids get older.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, we, I, I love the building thing. So landmarks are a huge thing and we have this book of, it's kind of like the Where's Waldo books, but it's elephants (laughs) traveling through the world (laughs) and, Um, it goes through different major cities and it has landmarks there. And before we go to, you know, New York or something, then we'll pull out the, this elephant book and I'll be like, okay, look, this is the Eiffel tower. This is what it looks like. And well, that's not for New York, but you you get the, (laughs) you get the gist here. (laughs) Yes, I have traveled. I do know the difference (laughs) between New York and Paris. (laughs) They're not. If you start looking for the
0: Empire State Building when you're in Paris, then we'll know that you are struggling. um Let's just say that <laughs> sleep deprivation is real, it's people.
1: True. Let's just say that the world is so fluid in my mind now. No, it's just. Oh, I like that explanation. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. You are a woman without yes. borders. Yes, we'll go. We'll go with that. But anyway, so before you go somewhere, especially if it's somewhere that has a lot of landmarks that are in a book, it can be really fun for them to be able to connect it to other places as well. So like this elephant book I like because each page is a new city. So it has London next to New York, next to Hong Kong, next to, you know, and actually don't think Hong Kong's in there, but you know, it's all these different cities. So then they can start to conceptualize the difference between a city and a country. And, you know, that, that sort of because it's difficult. It's a difficult concept to teach a child about these constructed borders and, you know, that things are different in different places. And when, especially if you have a child who, who doesn't have a lot of experience traveling, I think that preparation beforehand can help everyone get the most out of that trip as possible. So that you can start talking about some of the differences between the environment that you live in and this new place that you're going to be going to. And that can be anything. It can be talking about the culture. It can be talking about the people, the language, the food, the um, environment itself. So when we go to Finland, we start talking about like trees. And things like that, because we don't have that here.
0: Because you don't have trees where you it's are, true. so to your kids, it's this
1: new experience that they have to figure out. It's true, and so we talk, and you know, we're reading Winnie the Pooh right now, and my daughter is just enraptured with the idea of the Hundred Acre Woods, where she's like, "I'm sorry, what? What exactly is a forest?" Like, and she she doesn't have any concept of this. So then I can really bring it to home, you know, by describing other places that she's been that, you know, there's a swamp across the way from grandma's house. And, you know, (laughs) and so it's kind of the same, but it's not really the same. But if you use books before you go somewhere, you know, if you're going to a forest and your kids have never been to a forest, then try reading a book to kind of get them in the mindset. And then it really also reinforces the power of the story that you're reading as well. So it works with uh, factual things like nonfiction, but I think it also works with fiction as well, that either way you can use it to help prepare you, get you in the mindset, and also your your kids as well.
0: Well, and I like what you were saying because it kind of, I don't know if you remember in our interview with Cindy Georges. Um, who who was the co-author of the latest edition of the Real Loud Handbook. I remember at one point in her interview, she was talking about how books can take kids and people in general to these these places that they might never get to themselves. It's a, It's a way to travel without actually traveling. And so right now I feel like we're kind of turning that around and kind of doing the opposite where you know you're traveling, you know you're going on these trips and to use those books to kind of connect the travel with the book those kids. I love that it works both ways.
1: I like that. I hadn't even thought about that, but yes, that's exactly what I'm describing.
0: (laughs) All right. So we've, we've prepped for our trip. We're getting ready to go. The suitcases are packed. Our shoes are on. So now what I want to know is do you use books during the actual traveling part of travel, which in my experience is the most stressful part of traveling is the actual getting to the location with all
1: children intact. Oh, it's so stressful. Um, Yeah. So stressful. Well, and okay, I'm going to add something else to the leading up to. We go up to a two week screen freeze before we travel on over like on major trips. So that our children are so deprived of screen time that they will do anything yeah. <laughs> to, to just get that a screen. So smart. <laughs> and so two weeks before or up to two weeks, it depends on how long the, the travel time is going to be. If it's a shorter flight or if it's, you know, not going to be that bad. If it's a nonstop flight, it's yeah. But if we go, say, to the U.S. and we've got three kids under the age of five, oh my. Like it's, (laughs) it's a terrifying thing. So I, I freeze our screen time and I just suck it out and then books come into play so much. So I just inundate them with as many books about things that we're going to be seeing and doing in the countries. And I completely pull the screens out and books become their fun source. An and airplane. this is
0: this is when you're still at home, right? When you're in that lead up to the exactly. trip. Exactly.
1: Okay. So then, I like when... that. I'm still I'm taking notes. <laughs> My trip's in two weeks. This is perfect. So <laughs> then, during the actual traveling part, um, the initial leg is different than anything because we country hop when we travel. So we we've never mm-hmm. gone for, like from one country to another country and stayed in that country and then come back home like we've never done that <laughs> so,
0: it's true you yeah. don't that's not your that's not your style yeah. which
1: is how you've gotten to 63 yeah. countries and our yes. one-year-old has has gotten to 11 already yeah, 11. yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say that I don't recommend it for everyone it's it's not for the faint of heart <laughs> to travel this way anyway yes. but um so then when we're actually traveling What I do is I make sure that we have Kindle fires for our girls and I make sure to load them up with a lot of books that they can use offline. And then I also have a few apps on there that make me feel okay with them using that are good offline apps. And some of the ones that are applicable to our podcast are reading ones. Endless Reader is one that I highly recommend it has, I mean, my two-year-old knows how to spell and the definition of camouflage, <laughs> the word camouflage. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's a good app. Mm-hmm. So when we're actually traveling, the kids are using screens, and I do try and make sure that it's educational games and things like Endless Reader, and they also have books that we load for them. So Little Critter has a lot of the Mercer Mayer books. Um, and Bear and Bears, it, there are a lot of books, Sandra Boynton has some that are available on the Kindle that you can download beforehand and it reads to your kid. Oh. So they can be listening to it and just, you know, push the screen thing, you know, the little arrow to turn the page and it, it reads along to it, to your kid. And then um, they can also, it's an interactive platform so they can push on different things on the screen you know, so you can press the cat on the screen and it'll say cat and it actually says it and it shows the word as well so that's the books that we use actually on a moving thing so so if we're like trains on planes plane, and automobiles however exactly.
0: however you're going that's that's what they're doing while they're on the vehicle yes in exactly. the vehicle
1: in, in? in you don't you don't yeah. ride on the airplane no. you definitely ride in it definitely not on <laughs> the airplane we're not that daredevil (laughs) and I guess I this is maybe where I should say that I don't have a lot of experience with kids in road trips I as an adult have a lot of road trip experience in books but not with my kids but but it's I do
0: so I have not been to 63 countries but I have been to most of the states and most of that has been driving so it's pretty it's a lot of these things are still going to apply I'm and still be useful, whether you're on a eight hour plane ride or eight hour car trip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I, I feel like a lot of it is the same other than just space constraints. But I mean, when you're on a, an airplane or in a car, you don't want to be digging out all of these books and you don't want books flying everywhere and you don't want food spilling on books. Like You just don't want or I don't want actual books. Definitely no library books. Like that is the worst idea ever. You don't want to be bringing library books and losing them because you will lose them. It's just, yeah, no, no library books. And it takes up a lot yeah. of space in the carry-on it bags does. and it's just yeah. not the best. So we have a hard-sided carry-on suitcase that we put paperback books in that are just, you know, picture books for the kids. And I also deprive them of these books for two to three weeks before we leave as well. So I, t- I take some of their favorite books out of their rotation. We have a kind of a circulating rotation. We have like a library system <laughs> in our home. <laughs> so I take these books out of rotation two to three weeks before. And then these are some of their favorite picture books that are the soft cover books so that I can get several of them and they don't take up hardly any space, no weight, whatever. And they're a lot lighter. Yeah. So much lighter. And um, I also try and make sure that they're ones that are easily replaceable in case something happens. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple scholastic books that are favorites that I don't take anymore just because they're really hard to come by. But, you know, most, most books you can find. So then I take these in the carry-on bag that is a hard-sided bag so that there's no risk of it being mutilated in any way and those are the emergency reserves (laughs) for if we are in like a six-hour layover in some random airport and the screens are dead and everyone has been traveling for 20 plus hours and we're all just done with life then I'm like hey here's an actual book book and they are so excited about it because it's one of their favorites and they haven't seen it in forever
0: and I was about to say so smart to take it out of rotation before the trip because I do that too I bring some paperback books when I travel as well but I've never thought to take them off the shelf for a while before So they are like brand new books. That is so smart. It's like a starvation
1: mode in my house before we travel, which probably, probably (laughs) pros and cons, but you know, if the pros outweigh the cons, man, go for it. Yeah, exactly. That's the kids. So they're on their Kindles and then we have the emergency books there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, for my baby, he, or for any baby, they just don't have books. I've tried bringing board books, I've tried bringing like fabric books. I've tried bringing anything and it just drives me bonkers. So I don't <laughs> I don't bring books for the babies in the moving thing. I will bring a couple of board books that are the tried and true favorite books that I, again, I take them out of rotation beforehand and I put them in one of our suitcases and bring it along that way for the baby. Then kids aside, um, my husband likes to use his e-reader, so he's got a Kindle, a paperless Kindle, and he uses that a lot on, he also uses his phone, he listens to different things that he's downloaded, and then I have, I have this like need to have a physical book, so if I'm starting here in Dubai, then I will usually wait until I get to the airport and buy a paperback autobiography at the airport. It, it kind of depends on where I'm, I'm at and where I'm going. But I like autobiographies for me personally because of several, several reasons. I don't, I don't know. Do you,
0: I want to know your reasons? I don't know, Joe. I don't do know you, if anyone else. Do you, you want <laughs> to? I would like. You can't, you can't set it up like that and then not tell us the reasons.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just, I feel like oh, whatever. Okay. I, I like nonfiction is my jam. I'm a big nonfiction fan, but nonfiction books, when I'm reading them, I feel like I have to take notes and I feel like I want to underline things and like write in the margins and everything. And this is not conducive to <laughs> traveling. Not really, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not. Um, so instead I choose autobiographies in paperback for the weight. And also because you can kind of like Contort them a little That's bit true. and shove them into the back. <laughs> it's a little bit more flexible, and it's just it. So it's lighter in actual weight, but it's also lighter in content. And I don't feel like I have to take notes, but it still makes me feel like I'm being productive and like it's making me a better person. You know, if I'm reading the most recent autobiography, like this summer, I picked up Becoming by Michelle Obama, and I, I feel like it's um, it's easy for me to leave those books behind wherever I go, and I'm not gonna cry about that. And if something happens to it, it's not gonna you know make me really sad. And then it's also so sometimes when I'm reading, I have to focus on it if it's nonfiction, or I get so excited about what I'm reading that I don't want to be interrupted. <laughs> which is also not a good thing when you're traveling because you know someone's going to need something who's sitting next to you in the chair or you know on the on the airplane or you know so, something is going to happen that you need your attention to be elsewhere or you know you're on a train going through beautiful countryside that you've never seen before and you know you shouldn't necessarily be reading a book when you're when you're doing that so i feel like autobiographies are not so engrossing that I can't detach from them when I need to. Like I can stop mid-sentence and still feel like my blood pressure is under control. <laughs> and that's not always the case with with other genres in me, and then, you know, I can I can help with all of the things. And that's another reason why I don't listen to audiobooks because it's obnoxious to be putting
0: you put it on pause and
1: yeah and the headphones in and out and I
0: also I think that's really interesting I see I'm glad I asked you what your reasons were because as you were describing your reasons for reading autobiographies when you travel so I have my own kind of genre it's not really a genre so I have a few authors that I generally gravitate towards them when I travel um, they're prolific authors so I'm familiar with kind of the style of their book and the rhythm of their book so it's kind of the same reasons like it's something that I can easily pause reading and and get back to it and not feel like it's a hardship and they're short enough that I can generally finish them on a road trip kind of thing. And so I, I'm, like I said, I'm glad. So different people are going to have their different genre or type of book that's going to do those, but you're looking for that kind of same purpose of, yeah, or type of book that, that serves that purpose for you, whatever that, yeah, that type is. Exactly.
1: And, you know, before I was traveling with kids, I used to read John Grisham books when I was in college. So I would always travel with John Grisham books because I could find them anywhere. Yes. Mine was Mary Higgins Clark. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so it was just easy to find and I knew the style. It was exactly what you just said. So, but things have changed. And then when my kids are able to take care of themselves, I hope that, you know, it'll change into something else again. And who knows what I'll be reading then. But I do find that autobiographies are are what works for me I do like having paper books for the traveling days as especially and then to leave them behind and you know they have all these like book tracker things there's like book crossing and stuff that you can leave your book behind in a hostel and book crossing you can track it you put like a, a tracker code inside the book and you can kind of watch it and I haven't had that much success with the books that I've been leaving and tracking but it's but you never know in theory you might
0: yeah you never know yeah now is that is that a website or an app what is book tracking I have not heard of that one or sorry book crossing.
1: uh yeah um yeah so book crossing I think it's just bookcrossing.com it's been a while since I've used it but you print off this label that has a unique code that you then attach to the inside of a book and then you leave it somewhere and a lot of people leave it when they're traveling and then you can follow up on it. So you just go back in to the website and you and put the, the code in and to. That's yeah, cool. so
0: I'm, I'm going to try it out. It's kind of fun. Well, we've, we've been on a plane, we've been in a car or we made it through. We've got all your tips. So we've just landed. We made it to the hotel or the family's house <laughs> or the Airbnb. And now we're settling in for the trip. So Amanda, as we're settling and as we're in the bulk, the main the main event of our trip. What are some things that you do with books, or how do they help you?
1: All right. So I feel like there are kind of two two sides to how we use books while we're traveling, um, like while we're at location. And one of it is to try and keep as much of the same environment as possible at home. So if we're traveling to, say, my parents' house and we're going to be there for a few weeks or even if we're going to be somewhere for a short amount of time, I really try and keep things as, as consistent as possible because I have really bad sleepers, but also because it helps with jet lag. It helps with all sorts of things. So if you can keep a consistent bedtime routine especially then it helps everyone so much like I can't even uh, we yeah I it is night and day difference if you can keep your bedtime routine intact with young kids while you're traveling and one of the ways that you can do that is by having books as part of your bed routine bedtime routine at home and then carry that on while you're traveling it makes such a huge, huge difference. It Depending on where we're going, I make sure that there are books at that location, whether that means that it's the books that I have in my emergency reserve, and we just read the same, you know, four or five books every night for a week, then, you know, that's what happens, that's what happens. But if it's, you know, a family member's house or something, then there will be books there that we can read and, and whatnot. I do also like to go to bookstores in random places. I like to collect the little prints in different languages. And so I try and, and find that while I'm traveling around. Which is your favorite book, by the way, for anyone
0: who that has not awesome read Amanda's book. bio, The Little Prince, her favorite book. Favorite,
1: delightful, favorite, favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it teaches the meaning of life. So if you want to know the meaning of life, pick it up, read that book. So with the bedtime routine in place, like I said, it it just helps so much with all the things. It just, yeah. (laughs) And it also, so there can be something so scary to children about going somewhere completely new with Again, this sensory overload of all these new things and these new places. And then if you can pull your kids on your lap, it doesn't matter if it's in a hotel bed or not. It it just makes such a big difference if you can pull them in on your lap and you can read a story and bring them back to this comfort zone. And if you yourself have a book that you can unwind with and read before you go to bed it helps with your jet lag it helps with your stress levels it helps you to really actually decompress and to just offload all of the uh, the chaos and the stress of relocating so many things and people from one place to another it's just a stressful thing so but you love it um, the bed yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you enjoy it. Guess, it's worth it. Yeah. You know? It really is. No, I I think everyone should travel and I think it's especially important for kids to see new places and new people and to start to understand from as young an age as possible that it's not only possible for other people to live in another way, but it's okay and sometimes it's better for people to live a different way than what you do. So I, I could do a whole other episode on the benefits of traveling with your, with your kids, but I shan't, (laughs) I shall stay on topic with books. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I kind of talked a little bit about the emotional side with me and why I read, but if you're going to a, let's say a beach, because everyone wants to travel to a beach, right? So you're at this gorgeous beach and the sun is shining and the ocean is beautiful and you hear the waves relaxing and everything. Books can just be that next level to help you truly escape. So you can read books about the location that you're in. In that location, it amplifies their effect. So if you're reading, if you're reading a book that takes place in Paris while you're in Paris, it just has a different effect on you. And if you're reading something that is very relaxing to you, that just calms you down and you're on the beach in this calm um, environment, your brain is focused on reading your book and you're not focused on work. You're not focused on the things that you you it, you can actually truly escape into a book, into this location, and it helps your vacation be an actual vacation. If you're feeling anxious or nervous or antsy, fidgety, because you're not being productive, you know, it can just help you kind of zone in and be in the present, just one layer more. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. And as you've
0: been talking, I, it kept bringing to mind, I know I keep referencing other interviews, but I just love these connections. So last week we talked to elementary school teacher, Sarah Wood, and she talked about her experiences reading to her, her classes and, and how it it just gets so silent and, and these kids are so into this book that she reads aloud to her kids. And, and that effect that books have on her classroom can also have an effect on a family in a stressful traveling situation, or a, an individual like yourself, if you're the one feeling stressed or anxious, having that effect on you as well. Definitely. It's, the location may be different, but the effect is the same.
1: You know, and something else that I just thought of uh, with, with you bringing up people reading to your kids, there is nothing more powerful than for a grandparent to be reading aloud to their grandchild and to be reinforcing that that habit. It's so amazing to see a bond. We live on the other side of the world. We have very little contact with our with the grandparents, you know. And it, there is such a strong bonding moment when you have a grandparent reading aloud to your to their grandkids, to your kids. And they can be doing the same voices and their voice is going to be similar enough to yours. You know, like we we pattern our inflections and whatever. I don't know. I'm not a linguistics person, but you have a similar ish voice to one of your parents. And, and so there's that kind of emotional bond that's struck between family members that otherwise might not get all the same amount of time to spend together. So aunts and uncles and cousins. And it's just so powerful when my children are sitting down reading a book with their 11-year-old cousin. It's just, there's nothing that can bring a family together faster, in my opinion.
0: I 100% agree. Yeah. I
1: mean, they can play games. They can eat together. They can do all these things together. But when they're reading together, it's like, Firework.
0: One of my favorites. So a lot of times when I travel, it's to go visit family. I have a fairly large family. I have five sisters. We're not terribly scattered, but you know, it, it takes a, a shortish road trip to get to. They're about two states away from me, two or three states away. So one thing that I love is going and seeing the older cousins reading to the younger cousins. Um, one of my favorite pictures of my kids reading, I think it's actually on my bio on our website, but we, me and all five of my sisters got together and our families, we rented a big house in upstate New York. We stayed there for a week and I have this picture of all of the cousins crowded around this one cousin who has a flashlight and he's reading a book to all of the younger cousins. And they're all just crowded around it, crowded around him, um, just so enjoying this book that he's reading them. And this was before my kids knew how to read themselves. And so to have this cousin unlock the mysteries of this book for them, was a service that he was doing to them and this bonding experience for these cousins who don't get to see each other every day. We get to see each other a few times a year. So I agree with that. If, if your travel involves visiting family, that is a huge benefit that can come from involving books in your
1: travels. Yeah. And what a good example for the older cousin to be you know, showing that reading skill, especially because I know that Your oldest has had some trepidation, I guess, (laughs) toward reading (laughs) and reading himself. And, you know, that that can also be a powerful thing. It can. And he looks up
0: to his older cousins. And so to have them show him that this is a desirable thing and it's worth the effort is is huge as well. Yeah. So awesome. (laughs) You're making me want to go see all my sisters. I'll just have to go see my parents instead. Yeah. Bring some books. (laughs) Oh, better believe it. Oh, I've been making notes. I've got my, I'm, I'm honing. I have my own system that's worked fairly well, but you've definitely given me some fantastic new ideas that I had not thought of before that I'm really excited to try this time around. And so I know that a lot of people are going to get fabulous ideas from you. Um, and with that, is there any other, um, Last thoughts that you wanted
1: to to share with everyone before we get to our last question? Yeah, there's just one more thing that I wanted to mention that I just thought of. Just when when we're traveling, we have some kids that need naps and some kids that don't need naps and some kids that need a nap, but they think they don't need one. And it can be really confusing and really difficult to get children to stay, especially if you're in one room. Which often happens when when you're traveling with a family, you know, everyone ends up in one hotel room or whatever. Or, you know, the Airbnb isn't set up really well and so kids are sharing rooms that wouldn't normally be sharing rooms or whatever the case may be. And using audiobooks and podcasts have really helped us in this situation to keep a quiet time routine and to allow people to take naps they need to. And you know, they'll they'll just kind of fall asleep. If they really need an app, even if they don't think they need one. And um, it's been really great. So I see audiobooks more in our future. Right now, we've been using an app, um, or not an app, a podcast called Circle Round, and it is absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend it to anyone. It's a fantastic story app. It has this sort of like moral stories, and it's just amazing. They have great actors who do fantastic voices. They're usually, for I mean, for the most part, some of the messages are kind of weird, but for the most part, they're great messages and our kids are able, they're excited to listen to it. So, you know, they are happy to come back, um, even if it means taking a break from spending time with their cousins or whatever it is, they're able to decompress and to spend that time that they really need to just, have that quiet time. So, you know, 20, 40 minutes and um, to just be still, be quiet, listen to a story. We can be there as well. It's just, it's a great thing. So that was the only other thing that I, I wanted to mention.
0: All right. Well, Amanda, you're pretty familiar with our format, so you should know what's coming next, I sure do. Right?
1: It's takeaway right, time. So
0: what? <laughs> it's takeaway time. What is your one suggestion for people to get started this week?
1: All right. So my one suggestion is to not forget about books when you travel because they can be super powerful in your home and just as powerful or maybe even more so when you are away from home because they can be instrumental in creating a home away from home. And so my challenge for you this week is to write out a quick plan today. Like stop, pause. No, just kidding. Um, finish. Let me finish <laughs> right this now. thought and then pause. <laughs> or, you know, we're at the end of the podcast. So just listen to the end and then stop. Just to hang on There the end. you go. So I want you to write out a quick plan today for how you can incorporate books in your travels so that when you're pulling out the suitcases for your next trip, you don't have to think about it. You won't forget. And, you know, and I do really think that you should think about Um, the preparation stage as well. So we will even give you a worksheet on our website for you to fill out, print out, and then store inside your travel bag or wherever you keep your your travel items so that it's just there and ready to go so that you have your book plan while you travel. So go onto our website, onepagepodcast.com, head over to the blog, and you will find... worksheet that I have created just for you just for me I'm going on there I'm I am downloading this
0: thing I'm printing it out I'm super excited and I'll let everyone know how it goes applying all of these tips that Amanda gave me on my next big international trip with my kids so I'm excited check out keep an eye on Instagram I'll keep everyone Keep everyone updated at one page podcast, right, Amanda? Is that
1: our Instagram? Yeah, one name. Yeah, at one underscore page underscore podcast. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All the links are in the show notes.
0: Awesome. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed hearing all of Amanda's wisdom because I know that I did, and we'll talk to you next week.